Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast, creating pathways, connecting people to Christ, to others, to purpose. Welcome to the Christway Connect podcast. <laughs> this is the place we say Jesus is the way, everything else is a conversation, and we have a full house in house, fellas. Yes, so yes, nice sir. to all be here. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last, last Hi, week, I'm Jeremy. Week, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, nice, to meet you. nice to see you. Last there. week, Deli and I were holding down. We were double micing it. That's right. Stereo. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we're uh, big, big day, big day. We're going through the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Just finished Luke. Actually, finishing Luke this week. But the podcast today on Wednesday, uh, highlighting John chapter one. So moving in to the book of John, and for those maybe joining us uh, more recently, uh, we're, we're tracking this through Sundays at Christway, uh, preaching on a Sunday about the five upcoming chapters. So we're just wrapping up Luke 23 and 24, and then moving into John 1, 2, and 3 this week. Uh, John has a unique angle on Jesus. John sees Jesus as Son of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Matthew... Messiah King, the Jewish guy. Mark, Messiah Servant, the first of the Synoptic Gospels. Luke, Messiah Man, Luke being a Gentile and a physician. Mm-hmm. Get a sense of the unique nature of these. And then John, Son of God, which I think is an interesting take, too. John wrote his book. The other three Gospels were written ballpark 20 years after Christ died, mm-hmm. uh, the 50s, early 50s maybe, you know, ballpark, give or take. And it appears that uh, most uh, most theologian historians would say John wrote his 50 years after. Right. So a good 30 years later, which I've always just found great comfort in, you know, this older saint, older elder, which I guess older elder, that's a, you said that <laughs> twice, right? But this... Um, Redundant. Redundant, it right. So he, <laughs> he he lives he lives this life and he looks back. He was inner circle with Christ and he looks back and it's like here's what I want to tell you guys. Mm-hmm. Like that just feels weighty yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the Gospel of John has always just felt so weighty, mm-hmm. heavy, strong, deep, rich. So we look at chapter one. In the beginning, Arnick, what was hitting you, man? We were talking about something earlier. What what's what's hitting there? Well, the weight of his words and the way that he chooses to say it with time to contemplate, obviously, how he would approach the gospel. And it just starts off in such a a way that's almost poetic mm-hmm. and, and different from Luke, Mark, and, and, and Matthew. Uh, something that I, I catch when I, when I read it is just about the word. And I think it's verse 14 where it talks about the word becoming flesh but words themselves, taking that into context of ourselves and trying to be like Christ and that his word was who he was. And that just hit me heavy. I was reading, uh, I actually read it now, verse 4. and verse 5, the New International Version says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, that are words. Because he begins that clause in the first verse saying, in the beginning was this word. And he's just expanding upon that, Mm -hmm. that your words are light that darkness can't overcome. Mm -hmm. And that just has some depth to me. 
um, when I read that scripture and think about all the things that Jesus said, and this being the disciple who throughout this book refers to himself as the one that Jesus loved the most, <laughs> how he must be envisioning and remembering the things that Jesus stated and had witnessed that everything that he said in his interaction was not only seemingly at the time creative, especially given that they're coming out of a time of law and of personal and fleshly discipline, trying to yield a relationship with God, uh, doing outward things to try to make something happen inwardly. And then there along comes this guy with these words that breed such a life that darkness can't overcome it. And I just think about that personally, what kind of words as us identifying ourselves as, as, as believers and Christians, what is it that we can have to say that is so potent that when people see us, and that really to me it should be the gospel that we preach, should be so potent that everything that's dark around it should not be able to overcome that. And how many times we want to disassociate ourselves from what we've said and how we've expressed ourselves. Yeah. But there's an importance that your words, if you're being Christ-like, that As your an words expression. are who you are. Yeah. yeah, not an expression in the sense of I'm expressing some feeling. Right. Express, uh, one passage of Scripture says it's the express image. Right. I'm reading a book right now by Tim Keller called Prayer. And he, I'm in the chapter right now that's talking about the words of God were God. Right. They just were like, that was it. Yeah. And what he said was who he was. Mm -hmm. That's just, there wasn't any separation. Right. Like if he said that, that's who he was. And that's what, what, that's what yeah. was. Right. That's that. Well, so kind of not to cut you off, but the, the word I was reading about this as well. And I was like, Oh man, why, why is it, why are they not just saying Jesus? You know, like where, right. cause like you could literally just replay in the beginning was Jesus. Right. Like that's what I was thinking of. Um, but the nature of what the word meant to the Jewish people, right? To the people who were in this context and the Greek people, right? Like uh, I was looking into it, the word logos in Greek, you know, all, all the word studies, but um, that's what the Jewish people said God was, right? He was the word. Like that's, they didn't sometimes say God or Yahweh or whatever, like he was the word. That's how they referred to him. And and then the other part of it, the the Greek, they they would look at the word as, the, the one who was before, you know, and the, the creator and, and of all things. And so just the, the nature of John writing this so that people can relate in this time, in this context. Right. Um, but yeah, what, what kind of like what you're saying is like, that's the way, like he was the word. Like that, that's who he is. What he would say is who he was. No it's, not, it's not like he was kind of this. That's who he was. And that's what John... Uh, is expressing most of the time. I feel like is it came from who he was. Yeah. And express who he is. Yeah, like mm -hmm. who who he is. Like that. Who is Jesus? John's trying to tell you who he is. So like, interestingly, I was thinking about this verse one. In the beginning was the Word. Mm -hmm. The Word was with God. So you've got this dual thing. And then the Word was God. That's the first verse, yeah. right? Yeah. That is the genealogy that John presents. Yeah. That, that's, that's the, the birth order, yeah. right? As so, opposed to Matthew. Matthew and Luke, right? Yeah. And, and, and Mark doesn't give any. They say, who cares about a servant, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. you've heard that angle. But clearly Matthew goes one direction. Mm -hmm. Luke gives the genealogy the opposite direction, yeah. right? Matthew lists Back kings. Adam. Yeah. 
literally kings that may not have even been the dad, but they were the king and the, the one of the brothers that was the king. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the actual uh, progenitor of fatherhood for Luke, right? And John's got like the one verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's his entire thing. Here's it's son so, of God. It's so it's simple. Yet just deeply and profound, deep right? Any of those, so yeah. simple, but it's like, okay, like it was the word and the word was God. And it's like, well, okay, he was two and he's one. <laughs> and he was in the beginning and <laughs> he was before the beginning, right? Like it's right. like it's so deep, like that you can just yeah. I mean, we could literally sit on the first five verses yeah. for probably an hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was more accurate. Yeah. To who Jesus' nature, mm-hmm. what his nature truly was. And the foundation know? of what we believe. Right. right? Like the, the foundation of the three in one and, and before time and Jesus and, and all these things. Like it is, it is so profound. And, and when we say that you say Jesus is talking about him being the son of God um, in, in this whole book, he, and I even was pulling back to the end of the book, Jesus performed in chapter 20. Yeah, Jesus performed many other signs and miracles in the presence of the disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that in him, by believing in him, you have life in his name. Like, he's telling you why he's writing it, right? And right here in the yeah. beginning and in the end. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I think it's something that you said a few weeks ago, Andy, on the podcast, that sometimes you have to remember that you can speak to certain things. And just the tension of that, that sometimes we forget. You do have power, and, and you may not always exercise, but in our connection to Christ, we can speak to powers of darkness. Mm-hmm. We can open our mouth, and that is a part of the connection mm-hmm. as believers. Genesis was clear that the earth was without form, and void, and darkness mm-hmm. covered the face of the deep. And then in this origin story that John's mm-hmm. given, here comes the theme of darkness being overcome by word. So mm-hmm. that's so important. That blessed me when you said that a few weeks ago. As you're being practical and you're learning to have a, a relationship with God, don't forget, you can speak to some of this stuff that you deal with with some sense of authority, and your words can chase away darkness. Mm-hmm. I believe power. Yeah. yeah. Good to hear. I. <clears throat> I don't like to say I'm ashamed because I'm not a big shame fan, you know, <laughs> but it's something close to that. When I, after a long time, you know, living for the Lord 30 years, and I have to remind myself of that sometimes, you know, there'll be a situation and I, you can pray about it, but that sometimes those prayers come off like I'm informing God or reminding yeah. him rather than partnering as a co-laborer mm-hmm. and actually recognizing, not trying to be all Rambo bravado and kick in there, but just simply say, you know what, I can speak life into this thing. Yeah. And there's an authority and anointing in the power of God and their giftings and and I can pray differently. And recognizing that light and word dispel darkness and they're creative, right? Yeah. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we can speak those things. And if the spirit is prompting it, I was thinking today uh, I was thinking about prayer this morning, and what struck me, it was early, and I was, I was kind of in a prayerful, thoughtful posture. I thought, Jesus, you did miracles that I don't know if you were planning on doing them, mm. except someone stopped you. 
Mm-hmm. Someone said, Jesus, son of David, you know, yeah. and you might have walked right past, or the, the Syrophoenician woman, you know, even the dogs get the bread, you mm-hmm. know, crumbs or whatever, right? That, and, and, and I don't think I'm informing him, yeah. but I think sometimes we can arrest his attention, mm-hmm. bring him into a position, not that he was unaware. I don't even get that, honestly. Yeah. I don't even get it. Because we're all like, well, we should be helping, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. we would be, and I, I don't know all the dynamics yeah. of it. <laughs> right, right. But to, to recognize that we can speak life into someone and not just encouragement mm-hmm. like hey i believe in you hey you're a good person hey it's going to be okay those kinds of things mm-hmm. but literally speaking to the spiritual dynamics mm-hmm. of a situation yeah. and what frustrates me the whole thing i said earlier about a little bit embarrassed or ashamed or something i'm like man i'll find out that i live a day or two or three or week i'm like well, i haven't even been praying about <laughs> i haven't even yeah, been so. praying about these relationships <laughs> yeah right? I'm, I'm, when, you, when you're saying that, I, I think of parenting. I think of uh, my daughter, and she can be working on something so intently and struggling and hard, and I, and I know the answer, right? I'm sitting there. I'm watching her, you know, just like, uh, I don't want to tell you. I'm not saying. I'm just in my head. I don't want to tell you. Um, I just want you to ask, right? Just ask me. And, and I want, I, like, what does it say? The Father says, I want to give these things to you, right? Like, he has a heart to give these things good, to you. Good, and it's just, it's just the nature of sitting there. And not like I'm sitting there like, oh, man, you really need to ask me. Like, no, just I want to help you. Let, why don't you just come to me and let, let, let me help you, and we can do it together, right? Instead of what, kind of what you're saying, right? It's been a week that you've just been struggling and, and pushing and, try, and trying to get through this. Yeah. And in that, in that, there's this great gift of you got what you needed, mm-hmm. and you got time with me. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that's this, and I think that. So mm-hmm. he says, from him, for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Yeah. That, that whether yeah, it's eight, whether 16, it's yeah. yeah whether I speak into first myself the gospel message of Christ and like. Oh, yes, the creator of the world came and dwelt among us and spoke power to darkness and granted us access to that space that in grace I can encourage some someone, and then upon that grace I receive grace by being that vessel, and it's like this... Grace upon grace that's exponential exponential in your life or in my life when when I'm having a bad day and I can encourage someone else it's it's I have encouraged someone else I have heard encouragement come from my own mouth (laughs) and I have made a connection that is far better than than it's like "Mm, he's having a rough day yeah you know and and it can be so simple but this grace upon grace that we receive from, from Jesus uh, his fullness that he he brings power from heaven all things that were made everything that was made was made, made through him, him. Yeah. and then touch from the word became flesh and dwelt among us this grace upon grace idea of encountering Christ and then we take one action towards him, but it's really a compounding has a compounding effect yeah, in our, like our life. And yeah, so that and relational. That's yeah. probably where I've been hovering in this John passage. This and you saying that about your daughter. Yeah. That's what I like. If I get to help Isabella with math, mm-hmm. she got her math done. But the value that I felt of the connection to her on a task mm-hmm. where it, 
it's way more than the math. I mean, I could have yeah. done the math on my own and yeah. given her the answers and that right. happened yeah. in so there's a, there's some validity to you know how happy we are when our kids ask us right mm-hmm. we, we'd like to be invited in mm-hmm. I don't think I get that I'm sitting over here thinking of human behavior and there's a uh, uh, a process called motivational interviewing mm-hmm. and you're interviewing someone to find what motivates them Right. And so in this process, there are several little, you know, tricks and keys and things like that. And one of them, I was just teaching this the other day. It's kind of fresh in my mind. Um, we don't, nobody likes to be told what to do. And that would be all of us sitting here. Nobody <laughs> actually likes to be told what to do. And we do the thing that we hear ourselves say. And if you think about that, that's what I, both those I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to be told what to do. And we're going to do the things we hear ourselves say. So for example, if I'm trying to help you and I'm the clinician or the uh, uh, sports trainer or your parent or whatever, right? <laughs> I actually started studying motivational interviewing when I realized I wasn't doing such a good job parenting Parenting, Emma. Yeah. No joke. <laughs> I, like I dove into it, mm-hmm. right? So nobody likes to be told what to do and we do what we hear ourselves say. So, you know, uh, Deli, you're like telling me, man, you know, if you just drop a little bit of sugar, maybe instead of coffee drink tea and then the cream and you know whatever and and just a little bit more movement and exercise and you know but i i'm heavy and i'm out of shape and everything else and you're telling me that stuff you're yeah. telling me what i need to do yeah i didn't ask maybe I, I mean, even when i say you know help me or something you're telling me what i need to do yeah and i say yeah yeah what do i always say yeah i know mm-hmm. but <laughs> and then i literally counter your art I, I i begin arguing with you mm-hmm. yeah but you know it's earlier. Yeah, but, you know, my knees hurt. Yeah, but, you know, and I, I do what I hear myself say. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if the power in me recognizing I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, the prodigal son, I mean, they were both prodigal, right? And the older one was probably worse mm-hmm. than the younger one, right? <laughs> but the young boy, it says when he came to himself. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if in these moments of prayer and connection with God that we, we, we ask that. Because that's us coming to ourselves, and then we're actually more open. Because mm-hmm. as a parent trying to help your child, those beloved mm-hmm. sweeties, and they didn't ask us, that doesn't always go so well. In fact, most best. of the time, that doesn't go so well, right? You're right. like, hey, let me help you with that problem. I know. And they're like, what? Get away. Mm-hmm. Yep. They didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's such a human nature thing, not just for the 12-year-old. Yeah. But for us, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 that we need to be in that space where we hear ourselves say, I know it's powerful for me on a Sunday. I hear myself say, Lord, I need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the first person Absolutely. that needs to hear the gospel every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know that we outgrow that. I don't, I I don't, don't think we do. Yeah. I think it's a human, strikes me as a human thing, very human. Mm-hmm. So this thing with John, right, uh, the word becomes flesh, dwelt among us, that's 14. That's so, I'm so glad 14's there. Arnick, you mentioned it a second ago, right? Yeah. Being was the word, words mm-hmm. with God, word was God, verse 14. The word became flesh, dwelt among us. We beheld his glories, the only begotten, the one and only, mm-hmm. uh, only begotten of the Father. And uh, I was reading some C.S. Lewis the other day with the kids, and we were talking about begotten uh, means you become that person, mm-hmm. right? Not created, mm-hmm. right. but mm-hmm. begotten. Mm-hmm. We were created. Jesus was begotten. Right. 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 We're not God. He was, is, because 
begotten means you're you're in the image of that other person. Right, right, right. That's I thought that was powerful. Like, humans were created. Jesus was begotten, the the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And then what you were referencing a little bit later, the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth come through Jesus. Yeah. Powerful intro. I mean, it's just, it's as good as it gets for a book to open up that way. And it's funny because it immediately segues into people misidentifying who the Messiah was. It's kind of where the story goes next, mm -hmm. is that you have this guy that comes along that also is unique in his person. You have John the Baptist, who I love to hear uh, different sermons and people's different animations of what he must have been <laughs> like. And, you know, with, I, I've heard so many, no voices today, I'm not going to do any, but I've heard so many different iterations of how he was out in the wilderness and, and preaching this gospel. And most people preach him as this insane man. And I think we forget that many people heard his message and thought, this is it. This is yeah. the Messiah. This is the coming. I was, yeah, yeah, I was looking at that too because uh, I was looking over in, in Acts. I, I, I think Apollos uh, was actually referencing uh, John. Like, I, mm -hmm. I've, I've been teaching, like, in his way was repentance, right? It was repentance for God, right. the Messiah is here, and all those things. But it was, it was not complete, right. right? They thought that was the end. And so they, and they were like, uh, yeah, what Paul's like, what did you get baptized in again? Oh, the, the baptism of yeah, John, right? Yeah, 1960 19, 19, mm -hmm. says, yeah, uh, that's what I was trying to find up to these disciples. Yeah. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? We even, right. The Holy what? We don't even know what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Then what he says, it's a wonderful train of thought. Mm -hmm. You know, you get, it's almost like those little things. If you answer yes, you go here. You mm -hmm. answer no, you go here, right? So have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? No, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he's like, oh, well then, how are you baptized? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Baptized unto John. Oh, like all these little clarifying moments. Mm -hmm. He goes, well, let me speak to you about Jesus, right? Lays hands, prays for them. Yeah. Spirit outpouring, whole whole deal, right? Really right. important. Mm -hmm. yeah. As you identify them, yeah. and and in this chapter one, roughly around, I don't know, there's verse thirty five, thirty seven mm -hmm. in there somewhere. You've got uh, Peter and Andrew are brothers. Peter and Andrew, James and John are brothers, mm -hmm. and it appears that Andrew and John are disciples of John the Baptist. Right, mm -hmm. right. They're following John the Baptist. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To your point, right? Wow. And then, yeah. mm -hmm. my, this, I, this is one of my favorite favorite things ever. Uh, verse forty: Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two, which is be Andrew and John, one of the two who heard what John, John the Baptist, had said, and 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 who had uh, followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon, also known later as Peter, right, and tell him. This is my favorite thing. We found him. <laughs> we found the Messiah. Yeah. That is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Yeah. Oh man, how cool is that? That that's so. I think in in Jeremy gave told me about this book right for chair discipleship mm -hmm. right. I forget who wrote that. David no something Spade or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something Spade. Yeah. Dan Spader. Dan Spade. Spader. Yeah. And he, he talks about these chairs and moving through discipleship and and this is I wrote this on my. My book right here is number one is this is come and see, right? That's this invitation of coming and seeing and 
Uh, and, and it's not that Jesus is saying that. Some, I, I'm actually thinking of who, who you're talking about, right? He's like, I have found the one, right? He's running to tell him, like, I have found this guy. I need you to come and see this Messiah. Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to experience what I've experienced. And that, that is just, I don't know, that is just so cool. And I think uh, uh, in The Chosen again, right, we, yeah. we'll just keep plugging it in. Maybe they'll sponsor the yeah. podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but The Chosen, right, I remember mm-hmm. watching the, the opening scene of that, of um, him seeing him and just running, and, and he's just like. Got to tell my brother, yeah. Yeah, I got to go tell my brother. It, it was really interesting. As I one time had studied, was studying like Peter's life, trying to get like, the discipleship of Peter. How did Peter come to faith? Mm. And what impacted me was that for so long, I I pictured Peter as being like the guy who's fishing, and then all of a sudden, throw your nets out on the other side, and then, oh my, here's the Messiah. And I hadn't pieced together the journey of like this step where mm. his brother introduces him to Jesus. Well, he doesn't follow, he doesn't immediately drop doesn't, his nets yeah. mm. and follow him. At this point, he meets Jesus. And so he has these multiple interactions. But this, this little brother who's like, I, whatever reason, he's hanging out with the, the weird guy in the wilderness who's, who's the preacher. And I could hear the, the older brother be like, what are you into now? We got stuff to do. And right. uh, bail you out of something stupid. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what John was like John, like John now? wasn't stupid enough. Yeah. Just following the insane <laughs> wilderness preacher. Yeah. Now you got this guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that, that connection to that passion of the brother to go, I need to tell the important people of my life mm-hmm. about this. Yeah. Is uh, mm. humbling. And so it's, it's, the undertone of this is so similar for context to the time that we're living in now, where you have preachers who people are looking to and following. And mm-hmm. Then you have, running under this, later in the story it talks about John the Baptist's interaction with Herod and his relationship with this tyrannical ruler that's kind of not really king, but it's being allowed to rule mm-hmm. provincially. Uh, and just the undertone of it that people are in search, obviously. Some are fishermen, some are tax collectors. You have different people, different occupations. But this this entire group of people are all looking for this messianic figure in the midst of tyrannical leaders, all kinds of different preachers, one that just happens to be in camel hair and Eating Eat locusts and <laughs> honey. And it speaks to this time. I think this this theme is just, it's, it's circular. It comes back to the idea that Jesus comes in the midst of all of this trouble, in the midst of all this tumultuousness, in the midst of all of this sorrow and people looking, and it's his word. Mm-hmm. Once again, it's his word that brings life yeah. and makes it clear but what's interesting, and I don't know if you guys think about this, but John sees Jesus coming from afar off. And I heard Carmen, uh, God rest his soul, the famous CCM singer, he discussed this and talked about the relationship between John the Baptist and Jesus Christ. And, oh, he drew a funny imaginary mm-hmm. parallel and said, these two guys were cousins and they used to play, you know, Egyptians and Israelites together instead of <laughs> cowboys and Indians. 
somehow or another, we know that John knows of him yeah. in more than just a spiritual way, but he sees him coming from afar off and declares. Mm -hmm. And again, I don't want to just beat that into people, but the idea and, and the importance of the declaration of the gospel mm -hmm. of Jesus Christ and how that feeds into people's belief and, and shifts things. And I think that in this time, the gospel is the only resolution that we have to give to this world. It's not politics. It's not what preacher do you follow or listen to. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the power of that is what, what converts people's hearts and gets them to see with clarity who Jesus is. Yeah, yeah. That's that's John's that's John's yeah. underlying tone the yeah. whole time. I mean, I'm yeah. looking at it as you're as you're saying this, right? Look, the Lamb of God, right? And then down later, this is God's chosen one. You know, and then and then again, down later again, uh, I think Nathaniel or or somebody he's saying, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. Like just again, that's the nature of just reiterating over and over. That's his that's his perspective, right? Son yeah. of God, like you, he is. The one. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. And like me, I love the beauty of the story of John the Baptist is that there comes a point, and you preached about this recently, where he struggles with his own gospel that he's already declared. Mm -hmm. And he had to have some courage to send his guys to ask Jesus, hey, um, <laughs> are you the guy? <laughs> or should we start looking desperation. for somebody? Mm -hmm. Yeah, desperation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Needed to know. Uh, and the feeling that sometimes in desperation, we do the same thing. We have doubts and we need to know, hey. And I think there's another piece to that. He also knew if this is the guy, then I'm, a, I'm probably about to die. This is my purpose. It's <laughs> over. It's yeah. over. Yeah. And I made Herod mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. so there's one thing as we circle the airport, land the plane here, I, uh, I am uh, so grateful for that story where Nathaniel says, you know, you're, you're the one, yeah. right? Rabbi, you're the son of God, king of Israel, verse 49. Yes. That's just right at the very, very end of the chapter. But the, the precursor to that is um, Nathaniel and Philip are together, and, and Jesus sees Nathaniel, and he says, hey, here's a true Israelite yeah. in whom there is no guile, uh, some translations say nothing false. You know, he's a no, no deceit. No he's deceit. a pure, yeah. a pure man. And and Nathaniel looks at him. He's like, "How do you know me? Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you? I mean, that's just wow. so, it's, it feels so contemporary, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you even how do you even know me? Yeah. And Jesus said, "I I saw you while you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. I love that verse. Mm -hmm. I love mm -hmm. that verse for what it reveals about Jesus. Yeah. He's like, man, I." Are you kidding me? I saw you under the fig tree. Not just some random, I feel like I might have a word for someone today. <laughs> Not some random deal like that. Mm -hmm. But like, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Mm. And then yeah. Philip, that's when he says, Rabbi, you're the son of God, right? You're yeah. the king of Israel. And, and this is so fun. Jesus says, you believe me because I said you were under a fig tree? Like, that's his literal <laughs> yeah, that's, reply. That's He's like, that, that's, that's all, all it took? took to flip the switch for you? What? Yeah. But you know what? I would say, yes, it is. Yeah. Because you saw me. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe you and I were discussing this last week. I, I, I feel like we might have been discussing it in the podcast last week because I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah. And I thought it was Brene Brown or somebody, mm-hmm. but she has this phrase that she says all the time. She goes, I see you. Mm-hmm. I see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how empowering mm-hmm. that is. And when Jesus says that, yeah. mm. oh, man. That's enough. And extending it forward for us, right, in this day mm-hmm. uh, to recognize that. Yes, so powerful the word of God, mm-hmm. the spoken word that comes from us, yeah. and so powerful our declaration of who He is, and recognizing. And Deli and I were talking about this last week. Nobody comes to the Father except the Spirit draws. Yeah. Him, right? mm-hmm. He loved us first, first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right? Yeah, and He says, "Oh man, I saw you, bro. I already saw you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh." Yeah. Who wants to pray? I'm feeling it. We could all. You, I think. I think you should go <laughs> ahead and take that. Send the chills through. Uh, oh man! All right, Lord, thank you so thank much you. for your great love for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the encouragement mm-hmm. that you see us. You see us mm-hmm. um, in all the corners of our life. Mm-hmm. You're there. You're there. You're there. Thank you for that. It's empowering to us. It's encouraging to us. It's a statement of love. It's a statement of care affection and awareness um you're looking at us already you're loving us first and we thank you so much for that i pray that in this insight that we share that we're literally just fired up about it fills our heart fills our soul Mm -hmm. that it transmits to people right now Mm -hmm. hits the mark for their heart to know that you see them where they are probably today's message today's podcast literally an answer to a prayer that they had to be seen. So thank you for being faithful and thank you for letting us uh, be used as co-laborers with you, part of your body. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your love for us. Love these guys, our love for you and each other. We're grateful for it. Ask all that in your name. Thank you for the gospel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen to that. Amen. 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 Good news. That's Amen. what I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're excited about uh, excited about the gospel, and uh, looking forward to getting into the book of John. So yeah. again, this was written by an elder with the perspective Delhi mentioned, right? Yeah. That you believe he's the Son of God, yeah. number one, and two that through faith in his name, yeah, you're saved. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thanks for joining us again. We look forward to being with you next week. Until then, grace and strength. Take care. Mm-hmm.